Let's kick off a jam-packed episode 27 of Wall of Sound up against the wall. My name is Brownie, thanks for checking us out. If you haven't done so yet, check out wallofsoundau.com. We're an online rock publication, and if you're on social media, you can find us at wallofsoundau. Coming up, I'm going to have a chat with Shane Parsons from DZ Death Rays. they got a brand new album coming out this Friday called Bloody Lovely, and the album is bloody lovely and fantastic. We'll talk about that, what it's like playing for the Foo Fighters, and so much more. Talk Talking about Foo Fighters, there was a guy at the concert here in Brisbane who got on stage and absolutely fucking nailed it. What's your name? Joey! (laughs) Say hi, Joey! I've tracked down Joey and I'm going to get him on the podcast to have a chat about what it's like to stand on stage at Suncorp Stadium playing along with the Foo Fighters to so many people. That's coming up a little bit later on, but let's officially kick it off right now with a brand new song from Corn frontman Jonathan Davis. He's gone solo, he has a new album coming out later on this year, and this is the first single from it. It's called What It Is on Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. Pretty soon you have Don't know how to live 
You're listening to Wall of Sound up against the wall. Blood, I Only Lie When I Love You, and Wall of Sound up against the wall, and they're returning to Australia for some headline shows across the country, and they've also been named in the Groove in the Mood lineup, which is taking place in April and May. They'll also be sharing the stage with heavy acts like the Amity Affliction and Skeggs, and great Aussie acts like Grinspoon, Alex Leahy, Paul Kelly, and Ella Hooper of Killing Heidi. All the details can be found online right now at wallofsoundau.com. Just click on that touring page. But a band who rocked out on the 2015 edition of the Groove in the Mood Festival around the country were Northlane. And this is a song from their latest album, Mesmer. Zero One on Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall.
Sound up against the wall with Brownie.
Brand new song for Dream State. It's called In This Hell on Wall of Sound up against the wall. And if you missed the news, they just signed to UNFD here in Australia, which means big things. We're going to see them touring more often, and they've got an album in the works on the way soon. You know what? It was a big week for new music as well. 30 Seconds to Mars put out their new song called Dangerous Night. What a dangerous night to fall and if you missed it, Mike Shinoda of Linkin Park put out a three-song EP called Post Traumatic, which highlights the uh, feelings and emotions he was going through after the passing of his former bandmate Chester Bennington. It also includes a song he wrote on the day they performed at the Chester Bennington Tribute Show, which is just so emotional to read the lyrics to and exactly what he's going through and all the expectations that fans and friends have of him and what he's going to do with the band moving forward. Out of all three songs, I wanted to get on the one that sounded very similar to Linkin Park. This is solo work from Mike Shinoda. It's called Watching As I Fall on Wall of Sound up against the wall. Excuse me while I kiss the sky Sing a song of sixpence, pocket full of lies Thinking I'm okay, but they're saying otherwise Tell me how I look, book and look me in the eyes Watching as I say this and then I do that Telling them the old words but in a new rap Then I change my mind up and make them lose track Shit, I'm inconsistent, I thought you knew that Maybe I should be more grateful That I had to watch it all come undone Holding so tight to the edge is painful But I can't ignore it, I know They're watching as I fall They're staring as I go I gave until my soul hurt And never told them so They're watching as I fall To somewhere down below Maybe I'm just falling to get somewhere they won't To get some yeah. Excuse me while I sympathize Singing with the fat lady, tell me what's the time You know what it is, not afraid to cross the line Nothing is forever, don't be mad at the design Ask me if I can, I say I don't know And honestly I buy that I can sound cold Still upset with shit this 15 years old I don't know what it takes to make me let go Maybe I should be more grateful That I had to watch it all come undone Holding so tight to the edge is painful But I can't ignore it, I know They're watching as I fall Staring as I go I gave until my soul 
Till my soul hurt Never told them so Watching as I fall You're listening to Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. Fastly becoming one of my favourite upcoming Australian acts. That's Cam Cope there with their new song, How to Socialise and Make Friends. From the album of the same name, which will be out March 14. Hey, I'm Shane from DZ Death Race, and this is Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. (laughs) 
One of the greatest Aussie rock bands around right now are DZ Death Race. They have a brand new album out called Bloody Lovely. It's coming out this Friday, actually. And Shane from the band joining me now. Mate, how are you? I'm well, thank you. Mate, things are just going gangbusters from you. I mean, you've scored yourself an aria. You've uh, played festivals all over the world. Played with the fucking Foo Fighters. Like, do you ever sit back and go, that's it for me? You know, if, if we do nothing else for the rest of my career, I'm done. <laughs> not, not so much because I feel like we've got so much more to do. Like, especially the thing with like the arias and that, like that doesn't really register that much. It's more like, yeah, doing stories and doing, you know, like the bigger festivals and that, like that makes you go, oh yeah, this is awesome, but now I want more. It's a little bit like crack, I guess. <laughs> you gotta keep, you gotta keep going on it. So yeah, we, um, the whole idea with the band is we've always been like, how far can we take this? Well, originally we just started the band just so that we could play a house party. Like that was it. We were, we had a band that was, you know, similar to this beforehand. And we tried so hard to get gigs. We tried to get support spots for bands. I think we got one support spot, maybe. I think, or maybe, yeah, one support spot. And I think it was for Birds of Tokyo when they first started. It was like completely random. And that was the only thing we ever got. We played a couple of shows around Brizzy. We never got to go down south to Sydney or Melbourne or anything. And so we sort of gave up on it. We're like, ah, oh, it's too hard. No one gets back here. And, you know, you're sending out like 50 emails and getting like three responses that say no. So we were just like, let's just play house parties. But then from that, you know, shows started getting offered to us and then tours started getting offered to us. And we're like, all right, well, maybe there's something here. Let's just see how we can, how far we can take it. And then nine years down the track, we're, we're still going and that's an achievement in itself, I think. Look, I think you can look back on everything the band has done over the past nine years. I mean, I've had luckily enough seen you play in Gladstone to like really small events. Um, I saw you play at the Caxton Street Festival where uh, I got knocked to the ground and almost knocked unconscious. I wanted to oh, talk about sorry. the fact... Oh, no, no, you're right. By all means, it was my own fault because when you play, I, I can't explain it, but every time DC Death Rays uh, plays a show and I'm there, bad things go wrong in the mosh pit, but for good reasons. From you, look, out on stage, you know, seeing all this stuff happen, do you acknowledge that there's something that you do, there's something with your music that just sends people into a frenzy? I mean, it, it's sort of always been a little bit our goal to do that. We, we were a lot younger and we used to go to Big Day Out, we'll, you know, travel down from Funderburg to Gold Coast on a bus at four in the morning and go and just go watch bands the whole time. You know, that was in the early 2000s. You just go into a, a mosh pit and it, the whole crowd would bounce and that's where we got inspiration to sort of have songs that did that to people, um, that made people want to jump around and have fun. And But now and then now we play it, I do see it, but a lot of the time I'm just staring at our sound guy. Because I know that he's sort of like watching on really seriously and I, I just love staring at him um, as like my focus point. Or I'm looking at my guitar because I'm, you know, I'm not that great. Yeah, you're trying to keep that professional mentality. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. It's great to see that sort of stuff, you know. All right, well, let's talk about the fact that you guys have played some big shows. One more recently at uh, Suncorp Stadium. Like, being a pinnacle performance like that, is that something that you're like, yeah, that's a big career highlight moment? Or is playing, like, shows where you're the headliner more so what you want to strive for? I think I think both. Because, you know, when you're doing the support slot, you get in front of new fans. And then playing the headline slot is, like, the achievement of being able to win people over and get them to actually spend money to come to your show. And so when you're doing the support spot, you're really like working it so that people will hopefully come to your show. And then when you're doing your headlines, you're really working it so that the people who have paid the money 
you know, are getting the best for their buck kind of thing. And, um, you know, I think it's pretty important to have both. And it's one of those things that we, we always push for is to try and get some support spots. And we're, we're always trying to get that stuff overseas as well because we're kind of at that point now in overseas where we can do some okay-sized rooms, you know, like a couple hundred. But we really want to go up to the next level and I think the best thing is, is like is getting on board with another band and getting in front of people and trying to win them over. And, that, and that's, it's sort of the way the rock industry works, especially when you don't have those, you know, huge pop songs that will just be slammed on radio all around the world. And, you know, immediately people are buying tickets just to see that one song. That's not really the kind of band we are and probably never will be. But we got to win over people in a different way. And usually that's in the live show. And look, I can safely say every single live show, like I said before, bad things happen, but it's all for a good reason. And uh, one song everyone needs to get involved with right now is the single Shred for Summer. Uh, Shane, you caught to hang around for a bit more? Yeah, man. This is Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall.
from DZ Death Ray's brand new album, Bloody Lovely. It's out this Friday. That's Shred for Summer. Shane from the band joining me now. Mate, 2018 obviously going to be a big year for you as well. I mean, how do you top the Foo Fighters? Um, I don't know yet. Like, it's just, uh, we've got our own tour sort of in the works and we've got, we're going to South Africa. Like, our whole goal is to kind of just see what kind of more interesting places we can go to um, and take our music or our music sort of take us there and yeah, so South Africa is the first one that we get to do, and we've never been there. We find it really interesting to go to the places where people are a little more starved for music. You know, every England, they go, they get everything. They get, they get every sort of bigger band goes through there. Every like rock band tries to break it there. So like they, they're, they're fine, but there's all these other places around the world that people don't really go to that much. And um, you know, going to South America and China last year like kind of opened our eyes up a little bit to that. And, yeah, we want to see how far we can sort of take that stuff and, you know, maybe find some more other interesting places to play. I mean, we only played three countries in South America last year, but we really, really want to go back there and, you know, try and go to Mexico or Peru or Colombia or something and play some shows over there because the fans are just awesome. Yeah, I mean, like, you look at all the, for example, Parkway Drive, you know, they play in countries like India where people appreciate the music but hardly any bands get there. Is that sort of your way of uh, trying to obtain global domination by going to these places, setting up these relations with these fans early on? Yeah, I guess in a way, but also, like, the band's always just been a vessel for us to sort of travel and kind of have these little working holidays and you know there's all these amazing places around the world that that we've seen because of the band you know it's great like I, I would have never have gone to Iceland I would never have gone to Norway probably without the band I would never have probably gone to South America without the band so having that sort of the ability to do that is great and yeah we'll see where this record takes us I mean I never have huge expectations on anything because you know save yourself a little bit of disappointment but whatever comes up you know worthwhile doing then we'll, we'll have a crack at it we've never really been a fan to say no too much and that's one of the things that we as fans love about you you're willing to get in and give anything a go and every time you go somewhere there's always stories afterwards about people saying how you know they were converted or they haven't had the chance to see you before and that made you a fan and is that the kind of stuff that you you appreciate hearing from people who you know will run up to you after the show and go mate i didn't know who you guys were beforehand but i'm now stuck yeah i love that that's awesome it's good when you can win over somebody um and i mean we've just been doing this sort of trying to do the same thing that we've always wanted to do from the very beginning and it's never you know we've never done it to impress anyone but if they get impressed and they enjoy the band then they join along with you and you just like i don't know they, it's like you're a bit little bit like-minded now and um and you can appreciate that. Well, look, one of the songs that's definitely going to bring in a few more fans is Gina Works at Hearts. We're going to get that song on right now and get into some fan questions next. This is Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. She doesn't know why she doesn't know She just loves the 
From DZ Death Race 2014 album Black Rat, Gina Works at Heart's one of the best songs you need to see when these guys perform it. Uh, some tours coming up, obviously you can't say too much of what's going on, but can we expect obviously a national tour, Shane? Yeah, it's definitely in the works. It's been it's been a while. We, the last one we did was 2016 December. So we, we took a year off from doing a national tour in Australia and um, it was kind of on purpose because I, I think that year in 2016 we, we sort of played so much we sort of we're seeing people online writing like, oh yeah, I wouldn't mind going to see him again. I'd be like the sixth time I've seen him there this year. So like, oh maybe it's time that we yeah break on a little bit and come back with a new record and then you know an album tour. So yeah, hopefully it'll be good. We're going to be doing some of the biggest rooms well that's uh, something we can't wait to see get announced now talking about the new album Bloody Lovely I wanted to talk about the song Feeling Good Feeling Great the minute I heard that I heard references to Violent Soho's My Generation am I completely off centre here or is there a bit of homage to your fellow Brisbane bandmates uh, a little bit it's a it's a funny one because it's kind of like the, the angsty song on the record um, like lyrically anyway but yeah it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of one of those sort of frustration at Australian society at the moment, kind of. Sometimes you just got to get that out and put it down on, on record and, and then move on and sing about something else. But um, I guess I'm still at age 31. I've still got a little bit left in me. Yeah, that's it. Before you turn into a grump singing about how much you hate taxes <laughs> and uh, paying for rego. Yeah, that's it. Now, talking about the the Violent Soho boys, uh, June Rats lads and all that, is there friendly competition between you about who gets to travel where or who sells the most amount of records, that kind of thing? Or are you all just, you know, a, a whole bunch of mates who are just keen to see each other do well? Yeah, there's no competition at all. We've all been friends before, you know, anyone sort of even started touring nationally. Um, and I used to go watch Violent Soho play at the Alley Bar in Brisbane to 20 people. And, you know, so I've seen you know, how, where they've come from and the same with the juniors guys and we're all just good mates and yeah, I think it's just awesome that it took a while for Soho to get people to take notice of them but once they did, a lot of like bands who had also been playing for a while or at least been in, like people in music for a long time started to get a bit more attention and it really sort of built this rock scene again in Australia which I think existed a while ago but it was maybe in a little bit of a lull and um you know, that's all you need. You just need a champion to come out and really push people into sort of going, oh, yeah, I actually really like the cars again. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's this huge onslaught of rock bands and you see bands like Hockey Dad and, you know, like those guys just announced their tour and they're selling out shows within hours. It's, it's like, and it's awesome to see that, like, people care about that kind of music. And um, there's a great band called Wax from Brazil. Yes. Absolutely killing it at the moment. Um, yeah. It's really awesome to see this sort of the scene that like get big again. And the funny thing is, whenever we're overseas, a lot of people come up to us and we'll just rattle off all these Australian rock bands, and they're like, "The Australian scene is so awesome." And so it actually is starting to, you know, because of the internet, especially, it's making its way over the ocean into other countries, and people are seeing it as like this a little bit of a, a movement within Australia. So maybe that's not happening in other countries at the moment. Yeah, so it's cool. I love the fact that Australian rock is making a comeback. You spoke about Wax. I remember seeing them at Big Sound a couple of years ago, and they fucking blew me away. Now you got the likes of, you know, Dear Seattle, Tired Lion, all these fantastic upcoming Australian men's, especially in Brisbane now. Like, a lot of people tend to think of Brisbane as not as big as Melbourne or, or Sydney, but the quality of bands coming through lately from here is just phenomenal. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I've always sort of seen that because I, I lived here for so long, and I always, you know, I knew so many bands, but... 
it was cool and I think it was when we first started touring in Australia and we went down to Melbourne and someone asked me where I was from and I said Brisbane and they sort of turned away and I was like oh okay people in Melbourne don't like people in Brisbane and then four years later when these Brizzy bands were starting to get a bit of recognition I said I was from Brisbane and I was was so excited because there was all these cool bands coming out of Brisbane I know that's not like it but it's just sort of like my little bit of an experience of maybe that the Brizzy sort of had like a bit of a, a cool factor because of the bands that were coming out and you know, it's just always been our friends. Like we've always sort of followed our friends that have uh, been playing. Like it doesn't matter what kind of music they play, we've always supported them whenever we're like in Brisbane and go to their shows. And it's a real musician city. Like everyone just sort of respects each other. There's no rivalry. Or yeah, and that's one of the great things I've noticed about Brisbane bands. Like everyone looks out for each other because we know how fucking hard it is to go to Mexican states like Sydney or Melbourne and play shows down there where people won't turn up for opening acts and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, but, um, you know, more and more you're seeing frizzy bands go down to uh, Victoria and New South Wales, and, you know, even Adelaide and Perth. And, you know, I guess essentially something that the Violent Soho have sort of paved the way for of the last couple of years, for sure. Well, look, we're looking forward to seeing what the Australian uh, heavy rock and metal community come up with in future. Before we go, Chrissy and Dan want to know, they're big fans of yours. They've seen you countless amounts of times. They just recently got engaged and they want to know, can you play at the wedding? Because Chrissy wants to mosh in her <laughs> wedding dress. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I'll tell her. We don't say no to much stuff, you know. All right, well, that's definitely something on the cards too. Shane Parsons from DZ Death Rays, a brand new album, Bloody Lovely, out this Friday. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much for the chat, man. No problem. Thank you.
Sound up against the wall. Higher 
song that won them a Grammy this week that's Mastodon with Sultan's Curse on Wall of Sound up against the wall. The Foo Fighters also picked themselves up a Grammy award for their song Run, but because they were touring Australia, they didn't get a chance to jump on stage and go collect their award. However, the Foo Fighters made international headlines when one of their fans jumped on stage at their Brisbane show. You, you actually know this song, right? Alright, motherfucker. What's your name? Joey! <laughs> Say hi, Joey! His name is Joey McLennan, he's a big rock fan and he lives right here in Brisbane. So of course, I tracked him down to talk about that experience. Mate, how was it jumping on stage with the Foo Fighters? Uh, you know, it was pretty incredible. Like, the high has died down a bit, but it's still one of the greatest feelings I've ever experienced. So, obviously practicing the song is something that you've been doing for a while. Did you do it with the intention to try and play the show or just because you love the song? Uh, well, I previously, like, learned the song because I'm a huge fan of Foo Fighters and I play guitar, so I just, you know, learned a heap of Foo Fighters songs and just practiced along. But, um, when I knew that I was going to the Foo Fighters concert, I was like, alright, if this is gonna happen, I'm gonna know whatever song that I'm gonna play. And I decided to choose Monkey Ranch because it's, like, one of the most hyper, one of the most, like, pumping songs they have. So, that was the song I decided to learn and nail, and I guess... Uh, you saw, I guess I nailed it, didn't I? <laughs> Mate, the proof is in the fucking pudding. W- were you worried that they might play that song earlier on in the set and you wouldn't get a chance to get on stage, or did you know that they were going to play it towards the end? Uh, so I had a feeling they were going to play it towards the end, but I, like, I was in my, like, gut that I was like, oh, what if they do change it? What if they, like, decide to play it earlier? Because, you know, they're Foo Fighters. They can play whatever they want. They can play in any order they want. So I was really worried that they might have changed it and played it earlier, but, um, Luckily, they uh, stuck to their set list, and I had a feeling when they um, were going to play Monkey Ranch, so that's when I whipped out the sign after they covered Under Pressure. Look, and it all worked out for you, but take us back to game day, right? So did you get to the venue like five hours early like everyone would expect you to? <laughs> no, I was only there like two hours early. Excellent. So you got in there, you're waving the sign around, you're hoping to get his attention. He looks at you straight in the eye, calls you on stage, you go the fucking long way around to get onto the stage, which was hilarious. You get the guitar, and then you turn to the crowd. What was that feeling like looking back and seeing all these faces or all these mobile phones just staring at you? Oh, I think I kind of blacked out for a second while I was staring at the crowd because there's so much light on you that you can't really see all that much. But it wasn't until like after I started playing and got out onto the runway, I saw everyone and that was just like the most surreal moment. There's probably footage of me somewhere where I've got this massive smile on my face and that's like just, it was, it blew me away. You took to the stage like you'd been in the band for years and, you know, personally, are you in any bands or do you just play guitar for the fun of it? Um, so, I play electric guitar at my church and I play a few Sundays each month and, um, yeah, that's to like up to 200, 300 people each week that go to that church. I do have a band, but uh, we've only played uh, once and that was to like 40 people I think it was, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think it was just like the build-up of all that uh, stage confidence from playing at my church. Because when I started playing it, I was like super awkward, just standing still in one spot. But then, like later on, I started getting into it and started moving around more, and I was more confident with my playing. So yeah, and that I guess all that stage confidence just built up. You know, you saw how it looks. So yeah, excellent. Well, we can't wait to see what comes from this, Joey. You're an absolute fucking legend. You nailed it. And for those who haven't had the chance to go check out the footage, do that right now. You won't be disappointed, mate. Thanks for the chat. 
No worries, thank you. Now, before we move on, if you missed it in the first episode of 2018, I came back with a new segment called Two Songs That Change Me. Essentially, what I want to do is hear from you and the two songs that changed your life, whether it be a song you got married to, a song that you play to death, or a song that got you into great music. Whatever it is, get in touch with me right now on social media. Search for Wall of Sound AU. Flick me a message, get in touch, tell me the two songs that changed you, and I'll get you on a future podcast. I had to sit down with Joey and talk about the two songs that changed him, and this is what he had to say. Hey guys, this is Joey McLennan. Uh, the first song that's changed me uh, was Monkey Wrench by Foo Fighters. One of the greatest songs I've ever done off my favourite record, The Colour and the Shape. It's just a super great song, heaps of energy, and easily one of my favourites of all time. Plus, you got you on stage to play with the Foo Fighters. Yes, that too. <laughs>
Joey McLennan again. Uh, the second song that I've chosen is The Downfall of Us All by Day to Remember. It's the first one that got me into, I guess, hardcore music, and it's a song I'll never forget, and it's one of my favorite heavy songs. And I've seen A Day to Remember live twice, and both times I've seen them, they play that song, and it was the greatest. It's just, it goes off. <laughs>
Day to Remember on Wall of Sound up against the wall. You can get your two songs in that changed you. Just jump online, search for Wall of Sound AU on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram. Flick us a message, get in touch and we'll get your songs on future episodes. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for checking us out. Don't forget if you haven't done so yet, give this podcast a like, share it around, subscribe to it, tell your mates about it because we want to build this for you. A podcast that you can be involved with and a podcast that you can grow to love and appreciate every week. On the next episode, I'm pleased to announce that Scott from Unwritten Law is going to join me for a chat. The band are returning to Australia for the anniversary tour of their album, The Black Album, and this is going to be a song that they're definitely going to play. It's Teenage Suicide on Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. My name is Brownie. I'll catch you next week.